Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver-area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everybody. Chuck Bonneville, Julie Hayden, Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, True Straight Up. That's right. The show brought to you by Rocky, uh, Mountain West Wellness Advanced, I know, Mountain West Wellness Advanced Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine and HappyTrees.co. Um, Laurel Eimer, who we ran into at an event last night, is going to be joining us at 3.30. But this being Party Friday, we've got vaping, we've got affairs, we've got debacles, we've got debunking, you name There's it. There's a We've got... We don't have any People, debauchery. We're too well. Well, well we don't have. Not, yeah, sorry, it's not our personal <laughs> anymore. That's right. We, we haven't. I haven't had any personal debauchery for decades. But anyway, that's and, a whole, but no, we're not going into that. Yeah, that's a whole other show. Um, but why don't we start off with the truth straight up? Right, that's what we call our show. And I do. Um, you know, we were talking about Lauren Boebert. It was all over the news, local and national. Um, Lauren Boebert got kicked out of the performance at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts of Beetlejuice. Um, after three people. People complained about her behavior. They said she was vaping, taking pictures, and she said all she was doing was singing. She actually denied vaping. And I still maintain that it was somewhat of a setup, right? I, I think it was too. But it was a nonetheless, setup. But nonetheless, in the interest of truth, straight up, Lauren Bobert did, or people did specifically say she was not vaping. So that's fog from the fog machine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, this is my advice to any politician or somebody like if you know there's videotape and she knew there was videotape because they were showing the security tape don't lie apparently lauren uh, obert and and thing to a politician well silly <laughs> <laughs> me was like, okay. that's a good point <laughs> don't lie here's some, here's don't lie about way. stuff you're right they're like don't lie how could we even get through the day without that but at any rate um new videotape not surprisingly has is surfaced um, which has also become national of Lauren Boebert um, and her bad behavior. Now, some of it I don't think was that bad. We'll show it to you. But I, look at the end. Okay, okay. Again, this is the debauchery show. It, it appears to me that the date gropes her at the end, and she's trying to as you do, hand, as you do, as theater. you do. Get, you get do. one cheap feeling <laughs> no. before you before you're kicked out. <laughs> but anyway, we'll let you guys be the judge, Thomas. If we could please play, the, and there's no sound on this. this. is a This is surveillance video from the Denver Center for the Performing Arts, which we will narrate for you. So if we could please um, play the Bobert video. So here's Lauren Bobert reaching into her purse. This is clearly before the show begins. She takes something out of her purse, is chatting happily with the guy, puts whatever it is she took out of the purse into her mouth and blows smoke at the guy's head in front of her. Here it is in slow motion. She puts something in her mouth, inhales, and then blows smoke at the guy in front of her. Okay, that to me looks like she's vaping. So now they cut. The woman apparently tells her, hey, knock it off. You're bothering me. And she ignores her. Um, now she's taking selfies, it appears. Now she's waving her arms. And what is interesting is no one else is dancing. She's the only one dancing, really. Now here's the part where the guy 
does something. I'm, something. I'm not sure what he's doing there. And no, then, then the guy comes up and they kick her out. So, you know, I, I, don't, ah, so what? I don't want to make a big deal about this overly much. I just think what I think is. Don't lie, says Julie. Don't lie. And number when one. They have and, a tape. Well, then don't, don't lie when they have a tape. And like, you know, I was in TV for decades, right? And I was and you hardly ever vaped. I hardly ever vaped in public. No, and I didn't even really know how. I wouldn't even know what. But at any rate. Um, it would be the kind of thing, and like literally, you would not. I would count, you know, when you go to the grocery store and it says, a, you know, fourteen items. When they used to have that for the quick checkout, right? Um, I would make sure I didn't have more than fourteen items because I knew somebody would be like that. Julie Hayden from Fox Thirty One News had sixteen items, and you know what I mean. So you just know that. So and and you know, good behavior is good behavior. So I, I'm not really sure why eh, Lauren Colbert. Yeah, but anyway, that's the true straight up there. She was not behaving. As Sandra said she did vape. It's on video. Then Barney says, "Well, Sandra, she's a dumbass." <laughs> and then Sandra says, "I agree, Barney. She's in the limelight and should know better." Um, and Barney says, yeah, well, that man looks like a piece of work. And then Sandra says, I agree, Julie. She just killed the reelection. I agree with Barney with a big dumbass. I'm not sure if she killed the reelection. Uh, we'll see about that. But there, are a lot of vape, right. there are a lot of vapors out there. Vaping, the vaping lobby is going to, you wonder what she was vaping, though. You can put lots well, of exactly. <laughs> Um The thing that matters is her votes and representation um, and, and with Jim. And I agree. And so I'm not sure how, but this will certainly give them fodder and I kind of was like before I was thinking she was just sitting there and I do think they set her up and I do think that if it had been say a Democrat that let's say that was you know Ocasio-Cortez I don't think we would have seen the vi- the video like we saw there I don't think they would have provided it frankly um, but um, that anyway we just want to correct it true straight up either way the way it cuts and Chuck basically wanted to use this segment now to to, to segue into more debauchery yes, yes, okay yes. all right go for it uh, which debauch should we be? Oh, okay. So this is my one of my favorite ones. Christy Nome, the very attractive governor of South uh, Dakota. Did she just endorse Trump, right? She just endorsed Trump. And as, and as a kickback on that, um, at least she claims, um, the Daily Mail revealed that she has had a long-time affair with who other? Corey Lewandowski, the former Trump uh, advisor, the little moly little guy. How'd they meet? Well, I guess it's events and stuff, right? Yeah. Well, she he became her advisor. Um, and in back in twenty one, when AM Greatness said the two were at it together, uh, she uh, sent out an email. These rumors are total garbage and a disgusting lie. Um, these old tired attacks on conservative women are based on a falsehood that we can't achieve anything without a man. Yeah. I love Byron from time to time. I'm proud of the God-fearing family we've raised together. Now I'm getting back to work. Uh, well, that kind of, <laughs> that really, that cut things down for a couple of years. He is like, she went out with him no effing way. Apparently, Dr. Donna thought she was married. Oh, you, you know. Just- Only for 30 years. I got married in 92 and they have four children together. Um, they have great pictures. He's a very handsome guy. Very are they denying? Because this rumor now clearly has resurfaced, right? And so, are they denying it, or yeah, they- she is denied again, saying it's retribution for her backing uh, oh. Trump, uh, Mr. Lindowski, who's also married, uh, but he's also married to a very mousy-looking woman. She is. He's very mousy. I mean, that's who you'd think he would be attracted to, or uh, would be attracted to him rather. But no, no, hot. 
Christy, no. Well, it's maybe she got a discount on the advice. I mean, you know, consultants can be expensive. But but the Daily Mail, in their usual thorough way, goes through all the trips they've taken together. (laughs) They're up in Aspen, and they for some event, and the people in the event put her in the St. Regis and him over in the Jerome. So she just (laughs) screamed and yelled at him, and they quickly found a room for him. That didn't right, really now, another room, but the mail they had those that ABC couple that initially denied it. Right, they were married, the co-anchors, and they. I, I mean, they, you know, they they kind of get their I, they they do their good job. I do do a good job on stuff like this, and they don't. You know, they were right about Jeff Bezos, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. all of this stuff. So I, I don't know. What well, do one one pundit was talking to another. This is apparently true, and he said, "Do you think that Christy Noem could be the savior of, of the Republican Party?" And the other advisor. By effing Corey Lewandowski? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a thing. Well, it, it, it is, you know. That's the one I don't get. I, I You know, who knows? Here's right? So what I want to know. So I've You saw- love the ones you're with. And that's been proven, you know, time after time after time. But what, what, I, whoa, what whoa. I would not want to be is they were, there was a thing. So the, the Washington Post, I think, is saying they're looking for a Taylor Swift reporter and a Beyonce reporter so reporters to specifically report on taylor swift and beyonce i would just hate to be that reporter in the media like julie we think christian gnome and Cora Lewandowski are having an affair so we need you to like follow them for the next year jumping up out of the bushes and taking pictures wherever you can if you're a reporter you'd be like i'm a serious journalist and they'd be like yeah just go do that so um this being party friday though guys we have all kinds of fun stuff let's see if the other comments um from dr donna um, I was raised in a far different generation, Barney. Me too. Um, Doctor well, Donna says, "Wait a minute, Christy Noem is fifty herself. She's a <laughs> young chicken. Her forties. Yeah." fun news on this party Friday. This, I love this story. And and today we had time to do it. So we are. So I'm sure you heard a couple of months ago, the energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, um, went on this EV, electric vehicle, dog and pony show with N- uh, NPR in tow. And they're went on a four day trip around, around the, south, uh, as around you the do. south as you do with their EV to show how easy it was and why we should all have EVs, particularly now since Biden is annoying the Saudis. So they're increasing the oil prices while he's cutting drilling. So oil, I don't know if you guys have been to the gas station lately, but it's it's gone up, gone up again. No sign of it coming down. Um, So they're trying to push all of that. And so she drove around with her entourage. Um, to show how easy it is to drive around the country and charge your EVs and all of those, you know, the, the, the lies and the gaslighting by the conservatives that it's not that easy and doesn't work that well. She was going to prove them wrong. Well, they get to this place in Georgia and they, they're going to, you know, they go to like a Walmart. They're going to go to the Walmart to charge because they plan their trip because they have to, you know, they, they have to make sure they have the charging things. But apparently that the Walmart, it was busy, right? Two of them, now, I think two or three of them weren't working at at all, um, which is always a bad sign. And some of the other ones were so full, you know, you had to wait in line, but she's the energy secretary and it takes a while to charge these things. It's not like when you wait at line at the Costco pump, right? You know, you you can 10 minutes later, boom, you're, you're done. Um, so it, it could take hours, I guess. And so they didn't want to do that. So one of her staffers advanced guard. Driving, driving a Drove gas, ahead. <laughs> right, right, in a gas powered vehicle, right, right, like right. a Corolla or something like that, and pulled into the charging station and blocked all of the other people from using it, even though she wasn't even there yet. So the people, not realizing who an important person she was yeah. in the Biden administration, <laughs> called 911. So here's we're going to play. This is the 911 call that they made on the energy 
secretary illegally blocking the charging station. So, Thomas, please play the 911 call. County Hi, I'm calling because I'm in the Grovetown Walmart at the charging station, and there's literally a non-electric car that is taking up the space. He says they're holding the space to somebody else, and it's holding up a whole bunch of people who need to charge their cars. All right, here at the Walmart on Center Way. Um, the one in Grovetown that, that has the RVs in front. For fun, um, Representative Scott Franklin, in a hearing yesterday, um, Jennifer Granholm was there. Not about this, but just thought he'd have some fun, and he asks her about it. And then she makes it even worse because she totally throws her staff under the bus, right? She throws her staff under the bus. So I take you know the buck doesn't stop here. No, no, I'm going to blame my intern for doing this because you know somebody. I don't think they would have done that just themselves. Somebody to get up there, make sure we got a got a space. Secretary, we got NPR in tow here, yeah. right? We don't want to sh- show up at this charging station in a Walmart because we know how those people feel about Walmarts, right? <laughs> and is it in a Bad Walmart? Enough to have to go to a stinky <laughs> yeah. Walmart. You know those people don't smell they have like these in a, in a Starbucks or something. <laughs> um, and so you, I mean, you know, she's just well, she, she knew that somebody organized this, right? And they knew that they the, the staffer didn't take it upon themselves, particularly when people started complaining and they're calling the cops, right? <laughs> so if we could, so he asked her about it. If we could please play the EV debacle soundbite. But can you attest to the validity or the veracity of the, the situation you had a few months ago with the trip where you had a staffer that parked in a charging spot to hold a position for you so that you and your entourage could recharge your vehicles? Was that, was that situation true? Yeah, I've seen the reports. Well, you were there. I mean, what, well, regardless of the report. I wasn't saving the spot. But, um, but let me just say I have a, a fantastic young staff. Just fantastic. Well, that's that's the needed well, over there. I just want to but, say but somebody is it made true a that you had a staffer I didn't, in a gas powered one of your gas, representatives is. parked in an electric charging spot to reserve the position for you so that you could do it and not be deterred from your travels? Was it that, was, that it was poor judgment on but it's the true, part correct? of the team. Well, why do you think and poor judgment, but why do you think they did that? Um, I can only imagine they wanted to continue moving. But the bottom line is it's not gonna happen again. <laughs> yeah, because I've really learned that those stupid EVs don't work, so I'm never going anywhere in one again. You're in a regular goddamn gas station. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to get in my limo. And, and you know, and Boda Judge had a similar kind of thing. So it's one of those things, you know, again, they're gaslighting us, right? And they, they're telling us, oh, no, you can use these EVs. They're going to be great. They're going to be great. And we're going to force you to use them because we're going to get rid of all the gasoline and make it, you know, become so expensive. So you all have your EVs. But, of course, there are no charging stations. So the ones that they have don't work they take hours 
And, you know, it's, it's just a joke. I mean, if you want to have an EV, that's great, right? I, I, we have friends who have EVs. No, <laughs> you know? um, they're not real friends. <laughs> um, and that's cool. And I think there might be some cool things about them. But don't try to gaslight us and lie to us and tell us, oh, that they work just fine. You can easily travel around. Instead, you've got all these people. They're as broken. long as you got NPR and low caravan <laughs> and got somebody with a fast car who can get to the, and that, obviously the person was pretty far ahead. Um, I had apparently, I mean, a long way. Well, yeah, exactly. It works as long as you have someone in a gas powered vehicle able to drive ahead and save you the spot, right? And then you can pile into that gas powered vehicle to go someplace fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. not the Walmart. Well, you have to wait however long it takes you to charge it up. So there's that kind of gaslighting. Um, the other one I want to play, this is fun. And then we, we, Chuck wants to talk about Romney, is. Um, and there, there's a more serious note to this too, but there is? We, well, and I'll get to that in a second, but CNN has now jumped on the ditched Biden wagon. I think it's been kind of growing, right? You had the Washington post or the New York times, New York times reporter say, you know, Biden shouldn't run again and everyone hates Kamala Harris. So she shouldn't run again either. But the post columnist. The post columnist. Okay. So CNN did this too. So Thomas, if we could please play the CNN debunks Biden soundbite. He has done, I don't know if it's similar things, but he's sort of told some stories that don't line up quite like this before. Yeah, this president has a a pattern at this point of either inventing or embellishing stories about his own past, his biography. He did it three times in one speech last month alone. Uh, He claimed he had witnessed a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh when he actually showed up about six hours later. He claimed that his grandfather had died just days before he was born himself at the same hospital. In fact, his grandpa died more than a year before in a different state, not, not the same hospital. Um, and, uh, and he also repeated a favorite false story that I and others have debunked over and over again about a supposed conversation with an Amtrak train conductor he was friends with, who was actually deceased at the time the conversation would have had to take place. And that's not all. There are some more serious ones, in, in my view. Uh, previously in his presidency, he claimed at one point he'd been arrested during a civil rights protest when, in other versions of the story, he just said an officer had taken him home uh, from a protest. He said he had visited the, the Pittsburgh synagogue where worshippers were killed in a 2018 mass shooting. In fact, he'd actually spoken to the rabbi, uh, but never but never went. Um, and he, he's made a whole bunch of others, too. Uh, he said at one point, Republicans like to bring this up. He said that he used to drive a tractor trailer. He used to drive an 18-wheeler. Never happened. The White House later clarified he used to drive a school bus at one point for as a, as a job briefly. School bus, of course, not an 18-wheeler. So whatever his intentions, whether it's you know foggy memory about stuff that's going on decades ago or deliberate embellishment, this is an unfortunate pattern that keeps coming up again and again with Joe Biden. So it's so it's interesting. I mean, they were and they were doing that in response to him claiming that he was at ground zero that yeah, on nine eleven when he wasn't. He was giving a speech there, right? Um, yeah, but yeah, he was giving a speech in Washington so they could prove it. And I think what's interesting to me, I mean, we all know why because he's I, a, he's yeah, just a total liar. But, but my favorite one was early on in eighty six when some guy challenged him about his academic or. Um, other credentials, he went through a whole litany of things that he had been one of the only uh, full scholarship students at his law school. He had three degrees. He had a whole litany of lies, 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 all of them lies. It's pretend I mean, life. Lies. Yeah. It's not like he kind of forgot. No, did I uh, actually have three? Oh, oh, did I have a full school? No, I didn't. Oh, I... But he claimed he was a university professor. And then, and then he challenged a guy. Then he, oh, yeah, he came, yeah, just recently he claimed he was, he taught at the University of Pennsylvania. 
uh, teaching political theory or some theory, and they pointed out he had one of those visiting professor BS things, got $900,000. And never actually even never taught a went single in, class. Went into a classroom. Well, and well, he went to one, he did give one lecture. What I find interesting, though, is that CNN is doing the story. And yes, once yes, again, yes. there appears to be. You can imagine the CNN normal. What? Right. Joe Biden is. Why didn't that tell us before this? <laughs> yeah. I thought all those things were true, yeah. you know? And so you got, to me, at least, I, you want to, again, true straight up. So what's really going on here? Um, and I think there is clearly somebody is putting out memos, ditch Joe Biden. I mean, the Washington Post, that guy's not writing a column like that without getting an okay from somebody. Right. CNN, they're not running that without getting an okay from somebody. And I'm wondering more and more if, I mean, I keep thinking he's going to run because the the Obama people are going to, you know, who control things are going to want him there, right? But you got to wonder, because again, there's a new poll out uh, once again that shows he and Trump pretty tight, right? Some oh, of them show know. Trump leading some. Uh-huh. I mean, the various on average Trump is slightly <laughs> ahead. And they point out in 2020, there was not a single poll that had Trump ahead. Right. And so I and think they were right, of course. Well, yeah. <laughs> and well, and again, I think the trouble is that maybe they need more and more votes to rig or something like that. But I, I do think uh, I used to be confident that, no, they were going to force Biden to be the candidate. But all of a sudden, with all of this coming out again, they wouldn't and things can change. They can they get may the, just be leaving their options. They may, Let, let's give them a few shots and then see how everything goes. Yeah. I mean, they may get the memo next that says no we we love you know we yeah, love we love joe biden so um age is not a problem his experience is a benefit that's right Pelosi's one. and this is from sandra this is what happens to a liar politician they have never lived in the real world everything is given or done for them then jacob says um cnn has buyer's remorse and then sandra's agreeing with me that they want biden out and then jacob says when msnbc breaks or ditches joe biden then that will be yeah, uh, yeah no you're right jacob that'll be sort of the 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 telling point right um although you never know because some of these news organizations too i think are somewhat controlled maybe too strong but then again maybe not by like the state department or the department of justice or the cia so you got to wonder is it the democrat party who wants joe biden out or is it the cia who wants him out or the state department some of the thing you talked about the it was a columnist for the washington post david ignatius and glenn Greenwald said, well, David Ignatius has been a toady for the CIA from day one. So maybe the intelligence community, and they control everything, of course, uh, wants them out. Well, and maybe you're right. Maybe the the deep state, the intelligence community, and, you know, that whole sort of... I, I, uh, bureaucracy technocrats, you know, who actually I think probably have a great deal of control in Washington, D.C. Um, maybe they're the ones who the Democrats are like, look, guys, we've got it rigged. Don't worry. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't, don't worry. We got the but if you're the intelligence, right yeah, if you're the intelligence community and you've got Trump saying, I'm dismantling you all the first yes, day I'm yeah, here, yeah. they're kind of like, we cannot risk right. Joe Biden no. losing, you know, we and they can't have Kamala in there. We we gotta, we've, have, got, we've got to have. The governor of California. He's our he's our hero. Maybe Christy Nome will do it. No, I'm kidding. Change husbands and... Well, and so in the meantime, so we've got and and oh, did you want to talk about Romney now? Oh yeah, yeah, Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney. So, so Mitt Romney announced yesterday um, that he was not going to run for re-election. Now, somewhat of a surprise. Bill thought he would. Um, he was fe- facing a lot of blowback from Utah, uh, and maybe just didn't want to go through that. Uh, but also at the same time, is this is not a coincidence, no. he's putting out a book, 
called uh, uh, Romney, uh, A Reckoning, and it's written by McKay Coppins. Um, and basically what he did is he hung around with Romney for a couple of years, and Romney was breaking into things to get him documents and everything else. And so he, so he, he writes this book referring to himself as Coppins. So you have to remember, the Coppins writing the book, but when he says, they know better, he told Coppins. I mean, they told me, but it, it's, it's okay. It's a, it's a well-written article. I love beautiful writing, and he's a very good writer. Um, and so so he trashes on everybody on his own side. Now, he gave speeches. I mean, he'd always Wait, do Wait, Romney is trashing? Oh, he, oh yeah. Romney is trashing all the Republicans. All, all Republicans. Not Democrats. He's not, at least in this excerpt uh, in the Atlantic, he's not trashing Republicans, but all his fellow Republicans. And, and Romney's kind of been famous for that. Um when when uh, before Trump, when Trump was running, he'd trash him uh, and then he'd ask for a cabinet position uh, for secretary of state. And when he didn't get it, he trashed him again. Um, so he seems to trash everybody uh, in this book. He said uh, Romney accepted Trump's endorsement for president. He goes, no, that's not how it works. You know? <laughs> and he also, you know, he also accepted the Trump's endorsement for senator. And then quickly trashed him in the Washington Post after he won, um, but it's just not not those guys. Um, it says over four years in the Senate, Romney accrued a special kind of loathing for Josh Hawley, Senator of Missouri, <laughs> and J.D. Vance of Ohio during the Capitol riots. While huddled in the Senate chamber with his colleague, Romney recalled re- whirling on Hawley to yell at him that it was his fault. Oh, okay, I think it was Trump's fault. Yeah, they know better. He told Coppins of his far-right colleagues, granting that Hawley was, quote, one of the smartest people in the Senate, if not the smartest, and only next to Ted Grant, who uh, Ted Cruz, who he also hates. Romney speculated that Missouri lawmaker had made a calculation that ended up putting politics above the interests of liberal democracy and the Constitution. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but then he, but he, you know, forget that guy. Having lost his stomach for collaborating with his more Machiavellian counterparts, Romney at one point over the last two years, outright told Coppins he doubted he would ever work with Josh Hawley on anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right, we don't need to read the whole oh, thing. It's so good. It's so good. Get to Ken Buck. Oh, no. He, he, he said it just wasn't worth it. He says, really? You sell your, your yourself out so cheap? Oh, it's just ridiculous. He, he seems like not a nice guy. Well, so in the meantime, then we've got Ken Buck. I, you know, I had said I want to kind of quit beating up on Ken Buck, but then no. he keeps, yeah, he keeps no. doing more stuff. So we've now got this is the, the world is turning upside down, guys, on Party Friday. We've got CNN attacking Biden, basically, right? And then so Buck goes on MSNBC do, and do. supports Biden. And supports Biden. And I want you to listen to this soundbite because this is basically Jen Psaki saying, Ken, why are you a rhino? Why are you just a piece of shit? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. So if you could please play the Buck soundbite. Really interesting to watch you on multiple occasions speak out so forcefully against the push to launch an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. You've also pushed back on the claim that January 6th inmates are being mistreated. Why have you been so vocal about all of these issues now? 
Well, Jen, we have really important issues facing this country. And as Republicans, we need to stay focused on the border. We need to stay focused on crime, particularly in urban areas. We need to stay focused on inflation. Those are issues that Americans care about, and they want to see a change in leadership in the White House as a result of those. If we start going down these paths that, that really bear no fruit, we, we are not going to get an impeachment through the Senate. We're not going to, uh, uh, you know, the the idea that, that somehow the January 6th prisoners are being treated differently than other prisoners in a jail that has a history of, of real abuse and, and uh, uh, poor conditions uh, is just not true. And so uh, we can waste our time on issues that are not important or we can focus on issues that are. The reality is that the uh, impeachment uh, process is one that is going on right now. The Judiciary Committee, the Oversight Committee, the Ways and Means Committee are all investigating. They're, they're developing really good information about Hunter Biden. I agree with uh, Dan, uh, your last guest, that there is not a strong connection at this point between the evidence on Hunter Biden and any evidence connecting the president. So I am uh, more focused on the issues that I think Americans care deeply about. Give me a break. And, and did you see the headline? And this is where he fuels into it. The headline underneath this of people who weren't watching it, it says, Ken Buck slams Colorado GOP for spreading false information about January 6th. It's like, no, everything that they said was true. Everything that Ken Buck said was false. And he, he still is going on there. And, and and again, she's sort of like, it's really interesting, Ken, watching you do all this stuff, watching you support Biden and trash Republicans. He's like, well, you know, I mean, how she should have, like I said, she should have said, why are you a rhino? And it's kind of like. Did, did Mitt Romney and you get lessons from Mitt, get together with him? Exactly. I mean, it's it's sort of like, I, I think they could probably handle a couple of things at once, right? They can handle the impeachment. Sandra they can... says Buck is Kevin Priola, a piece of shit liar. But her husband, his wife, uh, was one of the ones. Michelle Priola. Michelle Priola was one of the ones who were the plaintiffs to prevent uh, Trump, Trump from being, from being, from on, being the on the battle. That's right. Well, and as Dr. Donna points out, he hasn't even been to the jail. And, and he said it's abusive. So, I mean, why not? And they're in charge, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. The federal government is in charge of the jail. <laughs> and Barney hits the point exactly whose fanny is he sucking. And I think that's absolutely right. You know, that's the kind of thing that uh, that people need to know. So, hey, we've got Laurel Imer with her because I want to ask Laurel about this now. So the timing is perfect. Laurel Imer, um, great Jeffco Republican Grass, she was grassroots before everybody. Grassroots was before, yes, you know, she has walked the walk and talked the talk for a long time. Um, and as former CD7 um, GOP congressional candidate, and we ran into her at a great event last night. So, hey, Laurel, thank you for joining us and for your time today. Hello, how are you today? Good, good. good. We, went, we went, it was the what the Colorado Hispanic Republicans' first annual. It was a cultural festival. They had a great turnout. I mean, we was, were there. So was everybody great. was everybody was everybody was Tom there. That's Hanker right. If you, the three of us were there, that made the crowd. <laughs> we don't need anything else. <laughs> well, let me ask you, Ken Buck, you know, I don't know if you just heard the soundbite where, you know, he's explaining to Jen Psaki why he's a rhino. Um, and, and then he gets all upset when we call him. He didn't say rhino. But what's he doing, do you think? I mean, he's support. He's against the impeachment because there's no evidence. It's like, what? You know, he's attacking. No, no direct connection between Hunter and his son. I mean, and, Joe and, and, and his son. And, right, you yeah. never see that. I mean, he's on the plane together. They're I think DNA around. links them together, I think. Yeah, and some, <laughs> some vague one, but that Biden DNA gets spread pretty wide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, at least it isn't Kamala. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, well, I have a love-hate relationship with with Congressman Buck, to be honest. Um, okay. 
I love Ken Buck as an individual and as a person. Mm-hmm, I agree. He's fantastic. He's helped me a lot. He's always responsive. I don't like Ken Buck as a congressman. Okay. Um, and I think what you're seeing is that if if you go back two years ago, he got almost primaried coming out of state assembly. It was shocking. Right. So, um, he's having to walk a line now, um, where he still has to pretend to be grassroots. I mean, he was a tea party candidate. He came out of, he came out of what we all stand for. Right. And that's who he started out to be. But what happens to everybody who gets sucked into the swamp in D.C. is the manipulation of the donor class. So I think what you're seeing him do right now is walk a line of I have to keep my donors happy because I need their money. Right. So I've got to keep the donors money coming in. I can't do that if I say that we need to impeach Joe Biden. I can't say that if I admit to January 6th prisoners being held without trial and treated, um, you know, living in squalor conditions and not being allowed visits by their family, not being allowed haircuts, not being given Bibles, um, all of these things. If he comes out against any of that, then he might look like a pro-Trump guy, right? (laughs) You can't have that. I mean, you can't be no orange man bad going on in this conversation. So I think that's what you're seeing. I think he's trying to walk that line as most of our politicians do. That's what happens. That's why we have to get rid of these people. That's why we need new faces, new blood. Um, I've always been kind of, honestly, I've been asked this a lot in the campaign trail over the last several years, whether or not I agree with term limits. I've had a love-hate relationship with that too. I've always said that I didn't really agree with term limits. And the only reason I said that is because I felt like if our electorate was doing their job, term limits fix themselves. Right. Right. Okay, but but moving forward, now we know we have compromised elections. We know that we have illegal voters. We know that we have dirty voter rolls. We know that we have all these things. So the electorate can't technically do its job to fix that for us right so i've started to come to the mind that i do believe more in term limits than i used to well the trouble is the process is working the way it should naturally yeah Yeah. well you know you have it down at the state house um and i used to go down there before they had term limits and have these guys who'd be sleeping during the sessions and everything else i don't think it's any better now now everybody is controlled by the but, uh, it's still the money. The, runs well, it's the, the bureaucrats money. have been it's there. The for, right. they, they, you know, the they by the time they figure out what's going on, you know, their term is over, and they're right. so it's 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 half it's bad, no, almost no matter what. It's interesting that that Congressman Buck wrote a book called "Draining the Swamp," <laughs> in which he complained about exactly what you said right. he become. I mean, right. you just have to look it up himself. <laughs> okay, what happened? He become. <laughs> yeah. And I think that you made a really good point and, and is that does happen. And he's like you said, you know, and Chuck knows him. He's, he's a good person, a nice person. Right. He really and he's nice sort person. of trapped in the system. And that's what oh, he, 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 I mean, he got to blame himself. Well, he can't, he can't yes. go, I'm a good person. But but just I, mean, like, I, can't, I can't completely discount him because he has helped me. I mean, there's been times right. I actually needed his help. Uh, a, a situation for my employer actually needed a situation. I needed a, a problem solved. I was not getting anywhere. And I thought, well, I could call my own congressman <clears throat> from my own district. And then I thought, well, why the hell would I do that when I have Ken Buck on speed dial? So I called Ken Buck and he was very gracious. He helped me instantly. He got me the, the contact that I needed. That's all I needed. I just needed a contact. He got it for me. And I appreciate that very much. I don't want to discount that. But 
again, he's really not being um, responsive to his constituents. He's not doing what they want him to do. And he needs to pay attention because he's very, very likely to get to get ousted this cycle if he doesn't pull his head out. The donor class can donate all the money they want to him. But at the end of the day, it's the constituents in his district that are voting for him. Right. And they're still solidly red. Um, And so he better pay attention because he's at risk, just like Lauren Boebert. Okay. Lauren Boebert is at risk, period. Anybody who thinks she isn't is a fool. Right. Well, and she deserves what she's about to get, too, because she did this to herself because she did not stand with us to close the primary. Yep. She was against that. She's still against it today. And I got a message for you, Lauren Boebert. If you want to save your seat in CD3, you better get on board and you better support the opt out to close the primary because it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. Well, and there are other people who are, I mean, and we'll have more about this, but I think there's some national political stars who are going to be coming out in favor of the opt out. And it does look bad if you're Lauren Boebert. And, you know, and here's the thing, Lauren Boebert theoretically is a grassroots person, right? And, and so she should be a shade of it. Yeah. She should. I mean, I can see why Doug Lamborn may not be in favor of of it. Right. Right. But Lauren Boebert, you'd think you, you know, she should. And yeah, I think, and you're right. Clearly. I mean, we've seen, you know, we played, she was indeed vaping. We played that at the top of the show. Right. Here, here's an example. So I was just, I just came from a restaurant. Um, I had late lunch and I'm sitting in the restaurant and a, a, across the restaurant for me, like four or five tables, there's really nobody in there. So I could overhear their conversation. I was not eavesdropping. And all of a sudden I realized they're talking about Lauren Boebert. And I'm like, oh, so now I am eavesdropping, right? I'm like, okay, what do they say? So they, um, they're talking about it at their table. They're like, oh, did you see that our Congresswoman Lauren Boebert was um, was escorted out of the, the Buell? And I mean, you know, blah, blah. I'm like, when average everyday people yeah. who are not really educated voters are talking about this, this is embarrassing. Yes. It's just flat embarrassing. I don't really care what she does or doesn't do, but it's embarrassing. And you should hold yourself to a higher standard. And she clearly was antagonistic towards them on the camera. You can see that. You can see her flipping them off. You can see that she was clearly vaping. I read that somebody somebody made a comment today that oh well they, it was just a setup. Well, they didn't hand her a vape pen and say here we're going to set you up. They vape probably did. Like, they I mean, did. come on. Hold yourself to a higher standard. It would well, and what where I call her out now because yesterday was kind of defending her, but I'm like, I, I think if it had been obviously you know like AOC, the video wouldn't have been leaked and it wouldn't have been a story. Right, but right. if you want over, you need to know that, and and it's yeah, like you said, everything. I must admit. The phrase we, "politicians must be held to a higher standard" is almost comical. <laughs> it is. It is comical. It's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's sad. <laughs> too, I wanted to ask you about like with grassroots because it has been interesting watching. You know, since Dave Williams came in and is as the GOP chair, and the grassroots is growing in influence. I think within Colorado, the numbers have always been there. Now they're just sure. actually getting some actual influence. Sure. Um, you have the left kind of freaking out, and you have the establishment people freaking out. And I think neither of those sides are going to give up their ground or their power easily. Do you think? No, no, you're very much right. And the thing about it is, is that those of us in the grassroots pool of people, right, we've been fighting this fight for decades and um, we can't really make any headway because we don't have the donor class money. We don't have those that funding behind us. So it takes us longer. We have to work harder. We have to li- literally and figuratively earn the votes of the individuals on the ground because we don't have money to buy an election. Right. And so... 
Um, with the donor class walking away from the GOP with, with, you know, them keeping their funds away saying, well, we're going to tank you that way. Well, you know, they can keep trying that, but the reality is that the grassroots have awakened in Colorado and across the nation. There's a push across the United States to infiltrate offices all across the level from, from dog catcher all the way to the top of the food chain um, with grassroots conservatives who have a backbone, who can stand up for what they believe, who do not back down from a fight, but can do it slightly more eloquently than maybe Lauren Boebert does sometimes, um, (laughs) you know, without vaping in public. Um, But, you know, but I think that, um, I think that that the establishment's scared. I think so too. Well, and I think and support is growing. I mean, I think it's kind of interesting. So they had the big, and I don't think they anticipated this. They had the fake Republicans, or as Dave William calls them, the counterfeit Republicans backed by big national money, filed the lawsuit to keep Trump off the ballot, right? Um, And I do not think they anticipated Dave Williams getting Jay Sekulow's law firm to come in pro bono and and fight and to file to intervene, right? And And I objected to it. I just heard a talk to Dave. Do they not pay attention? Do they not know who Dave Williams is? Yeah. Why do you think we elected him? Why did we work so hard? Why did I, why did I work so hard to help get him elected? Because I knew he's, we have to stand up for this stuff. We have to stand against it. This is nothing but blatant election interference. And if it is anything other than that, then I don't know what to say. I mean, I believe at the end of the day, it's going to end up before the Supreme Court sooner rather than later. And it's going to put the whole thing to bed. You can so stop the electorate from making a choice of their own accord. If they don't want Trump, don't vote for Trump. Period. Right. But but and to be a Republican. But I think, too, where they miscalculated, because I think not only I think there are more grassroots money coming up. Right. And I think Trump has a lot to do with it's it because I mean, better. Jay, yes. Yeah. Jay Sekulow. I mean, they said, yeah, we can do it. And we can do it pro bono. Right. And I think they're right. probably going to do it in other states, too. And and again, I think they thought, oh, well, you know, you know, we'll have to call Brownstein. Right. We'll charge us oh, tens God, of thousands no. of dollars <laughs> and then forget to file the motion. Oh, God, was that definitely yesterday? No, let's, let's not do that. That sounds painful. <laughs> um, well, so I, I think, you know, you look around in Colorado and we'll just have a few more questions because I know it's your Friday afternoon. But that's all right. But it, it, um, I it, sometimes it's easy to get depressed because you kind of look at the Democrat machine and you know and the election and the process kind of stuff. But I think on the other hand, you look at all of these grassroots things that are coming up and are working, and people are getting engaged. I mean, I think there's reason to be hopeful. What do you think? Well, it's funny. I had this discussion last night at the at the Colorado Hispanic Republicans event, which, like you said, was fabulous, well attended. Kudos to um, to Greg Lopez and Ray Garcia for pulling, for doing a great event last night. Anyway, um, there was a, a young man there, a millennial, a closeted conservative, as he referred to himself, a closeted wow. conservative, a young Hispanic man from um, uh, where did he tell me he was from? Peru? No, oh. Puerto Rico. Sorry, Puerto Rico. Um, a very nice young man sat at my table. We talked most of the night and he, um, is conservative, has been a conservative. He worked under, for Rand Paul back in the day, you know, wow. uh, for Rand Paul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's in his thirties. Um, mm. but, uh, he said that he did vote for Barack Obama, even though he was a conservative, he said he was like everybody else got sucked into the hope and change. Right. right. And really fell into that whole thing as so many people did r- realized quickly that he had made a mistake. Um, but he wants to get involved. And he asked me, he goes, how do we keep Colorado from turning bluer? Yeah. 
And I said, well, I said, I think the thing that we have to remember is that it didn't turn blue overnight. We as conservatives and as Republican voters and specifically as Christians have been complacent for decades, sitting on our hands in church, praying about it and not getting up out of the pew and being active enough. And I say that all the time. And we're not going to take this back overnight either. This fight is going to take the long haul. And we have to be willing and ready to dedicate time to the long haul so that we can win this state back. And it's going to take infiltrating those, like I talked about earlier, dog catcher all the way up. Start at the bottom. Win those small elections where we can control the electorate. Win those and move up. Build a name for ourselves. Rebuild the Republican brand under Dave Williams' leadership. We're already doing that. Prove that we can stand with a backbone, that we can support our conservative values in all aspects, that we're not afraid, we're not wallflowers, we're not going to shy away. And when someone takes us to task, we're going to be honest with the truth. That's what we have to do. And the more that we do that, the more we're going to engage the voters, the more the voters are going to want to be with us. I'd rather have uh, an independent, uh, you know, voter who is not doesn't really think of himself as a Republican, but is like, you know, but you guys are right 80 percent of the time. Well, what did Reagan say? Then you're with us. Right. If if you are with us 80 percent of the time, then we want you with us. Right. No one can ever. I I have to sort of have to forget that. I sort of have to disagree with you. I mean, as far as I can determine without. Uh, ballot harvesting um they're doing ballot harvesting ours doing none well um, we're starting that with the bank your vote on, this new rollout from yeah, no that's right yeah, yeah. i wasn't but, but having yeah. invented ballot harvesting in Colorado, right. right i can tell you that it takes much more work than than you have any idea you have any oh idea. i know i know she knows. we, yeah, have, to she's somewhere. we yeah. have to start somewhere no, I don't yeah. and, and, and but but if you get rid of that and that you should do it by any means you, you know can or change the system yeah. you know every once in a while you kind of go well, think Okay, uh, computer voting. Well, they don't control that, and you'd have a fifty-fifty chance. But you know, Republicans now we can't be innovators. Well, but- we might we might prove that actually if we're successful in the opt-out, and you look at the yeah. options of how we're going to vote right, as a Republican right. Party through the right. opt-out options. That yeah. computer voting is one of them. So maybe we can we can set the there set the ground rules around. Right. Well, the other thing you write about is, and actually, I'm going to give kudos to Courtney Potter, who is a a Adams County Republican, and she's on the Adams County District 12 school board. And so we're kind of walking out of the event last night and she's behind us going, hey, hey, hey." she said she's got some great candidates. So I've heard speak um, for Adams 12 conservative candidates. And she said, we can we can take Adams County, this school district back. And now people may say, well, so what? But it but it starts there. Right. And and she says she she was saying the chair of the school board in Adams County District 12 is a Democrat and, Democrat and a big Democrat and is one of those emerged kind of people, I right. think, and who's working their way up. And she's hooked in with Hickenlooper and Bennett. And she said sure. she helps drive Democrats. And she was like, can we get those guys on your show? I'm like, anytime. Do you know what I mean? But you're absolutely right, though. It starts there and you get these candidates and these positions that you can win right and and then then they have they develop a base they develop some donors and then then do just like the democrats do so we can't win it from the we can't win it from the top down we're too we're too lost here to win it from the top down and um you know i had somebody reach out to me this week and i have not responded yet back to them but um that was considering running for cd7 they don't even live in the district I haven't had a chance to have a conversation with them yet, but I will. And my conversation probably won't be what they want it to be because you cannot represent the voters of congressional district seven. If you don't live in the district. Yeah. I know you can legally, 
but you shouldn't because right. you don't know what the issues are. You don't know the people. You don't know the communities. You don't know what the people here want or need from you if you don't live among them. Right. And so that's and so we do that. We see, oh, an opportunity. Oh, we're going to go do this. Right. Do that. You know, we got to think bigger and more strategically about what we're running for and what the intent is and what the gain is and where we can be best suited. Um you know, there was a lot of catastrophic mistakes from Colorado. A uh, big part of it was from the Republican Party, who did not help our candidates win in the 22 election cycle. We right. should have won. Um, many, many of us should have won those races. And um, I, I think that we just have to understand that we can't always rely on other people. We can only rely on ourselves. No. And, and building a grassroots team to do so. All right. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and taking your time. Thank you, guys, as always. Always good to see you. I want to say something, too. So when we were doing the introduction, talking about all of your accolades, Sandra put out, and she's Wes's mom. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's, I'm, I'm, on a side note, I'm Weston's mom. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Tell us hello for us. Thank you so much. It was great to see you. Thanks, you guys. The next one. All right. Thank you. Laurel, right, I'm right. there. Um, and we have, oh, we have one more minute for the show. So we wanted to play this. This was Chuck's favorite thing. This shows sort of the state of the world, but it is kind of funny. Um, so I want to show you this YouTuber guy. This is like fashion week, New York fashion week. So all the runways and models and the new clothes for the season are being unveiled. And this, um, YouTube prankster crashed it. Um, and wait, you see his outfit and wait, you see the people just like, oh, that's lovely. Yeah, um, lovely. if we that's could please play nice. the fashion video, Thomas. He's wearing like a, a garbage bag. A garbage bag in a shower cap. <laughs> people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Chucks, you would look great in that. <laughs> 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 So excited. I don't know what it says, but all of the people sitting there. I like that look. I, I, I mean, you know, you're not allowed to say anymore. That guy is wearing a garbage bag, right? The emperor the has emperor no the clothes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're just laughing. They're just laughing. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. This has been a great party Friday. Julie promised you a very serious show uh, today, but I'm not sure it succeeded on that. But we had a lot of fun, and it was great talking to Laurel Eimer. And uh, love all your comments. All right. Thank you, everybody on Zoom. Catch all the shows at chuckandjulie.com. Thank you to Thomas and the great guys at BBS. Everyone, now it's time to party Friday. Yahoo!